Megan Perkins was elected to the Bend City Council in 2020, along with three other insurgent candidates who combined to move the council in what I would call a decidedly more progressive direction. She handily defeated Chris Piper, who had been appointed to an open council seat in 2018. That was a controversial council decision that angered a lot of people in Bend uh, because Piper's chief opponent uh, for that appointment was a woman of color. Megan Perkins was one of the founders of Embrace Bend, an organization that began as a support structure for parents of children of color and has since evolved into a strong Deschutes County group advocating for inclusion, promoting allyship and learning opportunities, and providing community care for people of color. This conversation is being recorded on January 10th, 2022. Megan Perkins, welcome to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking some time. I know as a city councilor, you're busy. You're also a mother and of three children, I believe, and so I'm sure that your time is uh, your, your time is taken up. I'd like to spend a little time looking back, and then then we'll look forward, if that's uh, okay with you. Sounds good. Your first year on the Bend City Council, what was it like? Can you what was your what's your assessment of the work you were able to do, the highs and lows, challenges, surprises? I think the first thing that comes to mind is just wow. You know, um, it was. It's been quite a year, and there have been some a lot of highs and some lows. Um, but I think that that the the most sort of surprising to, surprising thing to me about this is just how much there is to learn about our city, and how much sort of homework and um, you know work other than during meetings that I feel I need to do to be an effective counselor are so many different departments and so many different policy issues that, you know, require just a lot of work to, to really educate myself. Um, and so that's been sort of, that was sort of the first thing in the, and then in a way the hardest thing, because I really feel like even at the end of the day, like there's still more that I need to be doing um, to, to be doing, you know, um, doing the work that I was, uh, you know, that I was elected to do. As far as highs and lows go, um, I'll start with the, you know, with the good stuff. I mean, I, I think that we've managed to do an incredible amount of work in a really difficult time. And when I say difficult, I mean, you know, during a pandemic. And I also mean um, during a time of, of just a lot of division and a lot of anger and a lot of misinformation um, about our motives or the path that we're going on. The first step that comes to my mind is, you know, when we talk about equity work, um, the fact that we now have a human rights and equity commission, that we have hired a diversity, equity and inclusion director who is is extraordinary, and that we have a communications department that now has a position that is specifically focused on sort of connecting with not only our Latinx community, but also um, other underserved communities in Bend. We also have a transportation bond oversight committee that we have already approved a five-year initial plan thanks to all of the work that they've done, which is pretty incredible. We have a crosstown protected bike net- bike network. We, you know, have, are greenlighting amazing projects, sort of like the Wilson Project. There's a lot of really incredible stuff going on with transportation right now. Um, and then I think where my focus has been and, you know, the number one thing that we hear from people in our community when we talk about housing, um, you know, we have managed to do an incredible amount for our houseless population 
in the last year to when I turned again in a, in a year ago, you know, there really hadn't been much done before. Um, we were really starting from a place of um, almost zero. And my favorite quote goes from city staffer Carolyn Egan, we're basically flying a plane while building it at the same time. Um, you know, we have this urgent need to address our houseless situation um, and to develop the programs and the shelter space and the infrastructure while, you know, this, this population is, is growing, you know, exponentially for a variety of reasons. And while that is also happening, you know, the fact that our, you know, median home price is just skyrocketing in our community um, and to be the first, the first city in Oregon to adopt the changes um, for HB 2001, which will really help us get more um, diverse housing in our, in our city, creating the actual first shelter for uh, that, that's permanent in our community um, for a low barrier warming shelter with Shepherd's House on 2nd Street, which is now at capacity almost every night, a parking program which allows um, organizations, churches, you know, nonprofits to, to have, um, you know, up to six basically parking spots for our houseless community and has proven to be an incredibly successful program. We are at one of six city county communities that are in this the re representative cross legislation for a joint uh, office on on homelessness which was um, initiated by a letter that Councillor Broadman and I wrote a few months ago we'll be going to the legislative session and hopefully this bill will pass and we'll be have a you know one million dollars to start a joint office because one of the things we've learned is that the city of Bend can do what we can do and the county can do what they can do but if we don't work together on this we're not going to be very successful in getting a lot done um, there's there's a ton more <laughs> that, that uh, were positive. And then when it comes to negatives and lows, I referenced it briefly before, but I think the discourse um, is has been really tough and something I've really had to sort of toughen myself up about um, and realize that a lot of times people are keyboard warriors or, um, you know, comment on social media posts, feel very brave because they, they don't have to do it face-to-face. Or people like to, to, you know, put on a show or, or, you know, and then there's just a lot of people that are really angry about the direction that our city is going because it differs from the direction they think it should go. So on a personal level, having to not take everything personally, understand that it's part of the job and listen to people, but, but be able to let it go at the end of the night. No matter who's on the council, there's somebody out there yeah. who's going yeah. to have, have issues, but it, I'm sure it's very hard to... A, not take it personally, but also just sort of to try and continue to move forward doing the work, even when there's some criticism. It sounds to me like you you generally feel good about the work that the council is doing. One of the things I've realized is that, you know, and, and I know we'll talk about compensation later, but for me, the compensation is being able to be a part of making change, you know, um, and, and that is way more powerful compensation than, you know, a few extra hundred dollars. It's been an extraordinary year and a year that has opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, and I've learned so much and I am just really, really um, enjoying this incredible honor of, of being a counselor. I mean, it really is true that when you do meet someone and, and it's so much better when you can meet them face to face, you know, um, rather than on a computer. But, you know, you really find that most of the time you're really not, both not bad people and not the people that you thought that each other were. That's the other thing is, like, how can we find 
you know, any common ground. And a lot of the times there is something that we can take away from, you know, from these meetings and, and that, that we can move forward with. And so I, I think that's, you know, if you can get out of that, like, you know, us and them mentality um, and really just sort of listen to people where they are, you know, I think that there's more times than not, you know, you'll find something that you can work together on. Yeah, one of the issues, the whole question of police accountability, which, again, is, is sure. as, it, as, it, as it did across the country, has come yep. to the fore yep. um, with with the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement and and the continual issues around police brutality and 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 literally killing black people. Uh, we haven't mm-hmm. uh, had we haven't had that issue with our police here, but there is a, an ongoing effort, as I understand it, from looking at stuff that's going on at City Hall, where where the city council is working with city manager and the police chief to try and take the Citizens Advisory Committee and make it more of an accountability committee. Can you comment at all on that? That's one of the things that I felt very strong about when I was running and something that I believe is absolutely essential. Um, If we're not going to have an independent group, which is very, you know, a lot harder because it requires, you know, taking it to the ballot and things like that. If we're not going to have that independent um, group, then we have to make sure that the one that is within the police chief's purview is not performative and really, really does have um, a, a focus on oversight and accountability. I know that the Human Rights and Equity Commission is, is very much wanting to be involved in, in um, Chief Krantz's sort of decision-making process and, and how this will, will go about. Um, so that's something that I think we'll be talking about in the upcoming months. And I know that also there's, you know, there were a series of things that were passed by the Oregon legislature um, last session that they are, the police are, you know, here in Bend sort of taking taking in and, 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 and having to implement as well um, within their own police department. This 2020 election resulted in a, a, a city council that's, um, that's in my view is is uh, more progressive. I, I've over the years, the 20 years I've lived in Bend, I've seen the council majority shift from right to left to, to right to left or conservative to liberal, however you want to label it. But you know, sort of back and forth. Um, but we've also seen as the city's grown, the political demographics seem to have shifted. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see, we'll, we don't know how permanently, but that seems to be the case right now. And we now have a council yeah. that's pretty progressive. I would say by compared to past councils, but also a council with six um, of our seven councillors are women. Totally unprecedented. Yeah. So yeah. How's that? How's that like for you? That must be. I mean, to me, that's a real. That's a real interesting dynamic that um, maybe yeah. people don't recognize all the time. I feel like I'm spoiled rotten, right? Because I am within a group, such a a, a tight knit group, just absolutely share very, very similar vision for our community. And um, talking to other elected officials elsewhere, you know, I realized how, um, what a gift that is. And, and, you know, even if it's only for two years, it is, it is really, truly um, an amazing position to be in to um, really vision together and work together on things rather than have some, sort of, you know, political, you know, maneuvering like I've seen in past councils, right, Um, to stall something just for a political reason or something like that. You know, we're not doing that um, as a council, and and we really are truly working together um, and united on purpose. And I think that's, I think that's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, And so these, uh, this last year and this next year um, have, 
are really really a gift for me. Yeah, well, let's look ahead then to to the coming year. Um, I mean, for one thing, one of the issues that the council and the community have had to face is is the whole question of the pandemic and and you know the question of Zoom, Zoom meetings versus live meetings. I have never been in um, the city hall chambers with the public there, <laughs> and I've been here, been doing this for a year. Um, we had, I think, three meetings um, during that sort of like glorious two months over the summer um, when we thought we were in great shape. Um, but it was that was still only just the seven of us and then like two or three staff. But I also think that there is something about um, virtual meetings that does create a lot of access for people um, who can't, you know, drive downtown, park, leave their kids at home um, just to make a comment. So I sort of imagine the future looking like a combination of both um, and just to create that access. I know that it, it has, as a mom of three during the pandemic, um, it created a ton of access for me. And I've been able to attend a lot more meetings than um, I would normally be able to attend uh, due to, you know, the fact that they're virtual and I can do, you know, I've, I've done meetings from the preschool parking lot last year, you know, um, it, just being able to do that and having that access. And I'm a person of extreme privilege. So, um, you know, I imagine that that being able to log on from your phone versus having to, you know, drive into a, for a meeting somewhere, you know, is, is a lot easier. I'm going to talk about some things I'm looking forward to in the next year. Um, yeah. You know, one of that I feel really strongly about is um, having a uh, non-police response to um, our houseless population generally just causes, um, you know, more trauma and um, doesn't actually really help the people um, in the way that, not, which they're no fault of the police department of, you know, themselves, but they're not able to provide the services that um, people that are in either mental, crisis, mental health crisis or um, are in the, you know, the throes of addiction um, and so, you know, I look forward to, this is in our goals, really working for the, for this next year on creating some form of, you know, maybe Kahoot style program here in our community or expanding programs that we already have that are similar so that we can really have more of this houseless response because that it, we're seeing it over and over again. There is, again, not necessarily through anyone, through, you know, it's fault of their own, but we're seeing a, a real conflict between what police are trained to do and what our houseless community needs from people, um, particularly when they're in crisis. So that's something that yeah. I'm really looking for. And could you, can you uh, explain for our listeners when you re- use the term cahoots, uh, what, what, what is that program? So cahoots is from, um, it started in Eugene, Oregon, and, it, and it's basically a program that has become um, sort of like the guiding star for the whole country. And there, there actually are um, a lot of federal funding that our own senators have, have worked on um, for other communities to do something like this. And basically what it means is that you, that you go out with um, sort of like a social worker and the equivalent of like an EMT. And they, um, they, so the 911 calls basically get that are, that involve like houses, community members that are in crisis basically go to the straight to the cahoots program to respond. And then if it's a situation where there is some violence or there, you know, then, then the police respond. But the idea is that, you know, when you have an armed officer who again has no training in, in this area at all, trying to 
you know, maybe calm down someone who, you know, is in the throes of something that, you know, that, that they don't understand. It just doesn't serve anybody. Um, and so this program in Eugene has been incredibly effective. And so it's something that other communities are looking um, into doing themselves. And I think that was something that would really, really benefit our community here in Bend. When you were ta- talking earlier, you, you mentioned, did you say something about something called the Wilson Project or something like that? That's that's a really exciting uh, transportation um, project that we're um, going to see really take shape, you know, over the course of the next, oh gosh, I don't know, year or so. Um, and it's, it's basically, you know, they started at sort of, third and Wilson is now going all the way to 15th and it's good I think what it's going to when it's going to be finished we're going to see that it is possible to create um, roads where um, cars can move along you know at a at a in a safe way and there are protected bike lanes and protected intersections um, you know new roundabouts that are that are safe for bikers and pedestrians it will cause a lot less crashes um, and will just be more safe and more friendly for for anyone to um, to use. And I think that's going to be sort of the model for the way we, you know, when we eventually maybe get to read market and, and all of these other things, this, this will be the model that we use um, when doing these big, you know, sort of corridor projects. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying that. I appreciate it. That, that whole issue, of course, of traffic flow, of cars, of bikes, of of pedestrians, et cetera. It's uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of different viewpoints in this in this city around that issue yeah. to be sure. Yeah, because of of school events and activities and 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 you know all the things that I'm doing. You know, I'm in my car more than I want to be. But the the times when I'm most like <laughs> angry at traffic or upset with the way things are going with a traffic light or a roundabout or whatever, those are the same things that um, bikers and pedestrians have problems with. It's the same exact, the same exact location. So in my mind, let's all agree together that, you know, X-Spot, X-Spot, and X-Spot are junky for everybody, you know, and, and by fixing it and by, you know, getting protected bike lanes so you're, so you're not worried about hitting a biker or um, a biker taking up the road where you're driving, where you're worried about, you know, pedestrians, you know, not being able to see them, that kind of thing. All of these things, you know, all of these projects that we're talking about, particularly sort of this five-year plan um, that the Transportation Bond Oversight Committee came to us with, you know, that'll make it better for everybody, no matter how you get around the city. That's so I always feel like we're kind of like an either-or society, and, and, and my whole thing is like, we can be a both-and society. <laughs> we can make it easier for cars to get around the city and for bikers to get around the city. We, can, we really can do both things. Uh, I, we talked about compensation, and I know that's been an issue uh, in the media, at any rate, um, recently, the whole question of compensation for counselors. Counselors don't get paid uh, a lot. It's basically a stipend. And, and um, what's your feeling about the, about the issue of the, the, the idea of possibly raising the compensation for city counselors? Well, again, this is one of those times when I it was really hard because there was so much so much misinformation out there. Um, this is something that, you know, we had talked about before. It's something that Council Schenkelberg brought up for a future work session. The idea is that I, I think after taxes, it's like $588 a month to be a city councilor. I spend probably 30 hours a week on being a city councilor. 
Um, I don't know the math on that, but if you did math on that for a month, it, and it's not necessarily what, what it means is that it, and I, and that's that's for me to feel like I am being a good city councilor. And so these are conversations I've had with Rita a lot. If we want people to run that are not wealthy or have you know retired or this and that if we want people that are renters people from all different walks of life to run for city council and if they want to do a good job being a counselor they have to commit the hours to it and we're not going to get that if they're being paid 588 dollars a month um so a couple things to clear up one is that this would not affect my compensation or our meaning the four of us our compensation in the slightest because it that this is for future councils we're not giving ourselves a pay raise. That's that's not what's happening here. And secondly, an independent um, panel or committee has to be the one that decides yes or no on this. We don't decide that. We don't say, hey, we're giving ourselves, you know, 40 grand a year now. Um, and so those two things were not really put out there, particularly on social media um, at all. And so, I mean, for, it's just simply an equity thing. And, um I know that it's it's been a real struggle um, for people like Rita who um, have to have to work full 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 time and then do council work. Um, it's it is a lot. It is it is a lot, and and I don't think people know sort of how many meetings that we attend a week um, and how much you know that work we do on the side beyond just attending the two council meetings you know per month. I know I was right. shocked by all that stuff um, and and continue to sort of be, um, you know, shocked over my schedule sometimes. So you said that right now you get that you, it's about $588 per month? Yes, after taxes, yep. Yeah, okay. So you said, and you said you put in about 30 hours a week? Yeah, yeah. On average? Yeah, so all yeah. right, so you're getting, so your compensation just, is about four dollars and ninety cents an hour. Nice, four dollars and ninety cents an hour. That's not quite minimum wage, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's a legitimate uh, issue because it, it is the only way that you're going to be able to really get council members who don't uh, have some other sort of income or have a job that they yeah. maybe don't have to, you know, the where that where you know. I mean, there are we have had counselors in the past who have jobs that they can just sort of say to their, you know, I mean, they're either, you know, they're in a certain kind of business where they can say, well, I'm going to go to a council and they're still going to get paid for their work. They're not, but they're yeah. not there. Not everybody can yeah. do that. Yeah. No, no. And, and, no. and I think it's important to remind people again that what, what you said that this is not about you. This is about essentially about future. Any, any decision that's made will be about future counselors yep. down the road, not this council yep. necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that you know, on a broader note, that's something that's sort of also been interesting about being on council is you know, there's not a lot of like instant gratification um, to the, a lot of the things that we're doing. A lot of the times, we're sort of setting the table for the future, and you know, learning to be okay with the fact that we are getting this ready, but it is not going to affect us in any way. You know, maybe I mean it'll affect us living in the city, but you know, maybe it's a bridge, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's that, but it, it's something that we are not going to see the direct impact, you know, during our time on council. That's sort of been an, um, an interesting shift to make um, in sort of my own brain, um, you know, but that's, that's policy and that's government, right? Um, you're, you're often doing that. You're setting the stage for the future. Any regrets? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes, probably. There's a few 
I not I I have been accused of not having a very good poker face during meetings, and there were times I um, reacted emotionally when um, I probably should have just taken a deep breath and 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 you know taken it all in. Um, yeah, I mean I have some small regrets, um, just at at things I either should have done or should have said, um, but nothing. Not luckily nothing <laughs> that keeps me up at night. I'm more I'm more concerned about literally go to sleep thinking about houselessness every night. Um, and, and you know, it's sort of a joke in my family of like, oh, you're going to solve it today? You know, um, and, <laughs> and and just trying to wrap my head around all the, you know, different things that, that we can and should be doing. Um, and I regret probably just, just maybe not doing as good a job as I could have in communicating with, Particularly, like our neighborhood associations about about our plans as a city when it goes to comes to um, houselessness. So probably too early to ask you if you're interested in seeking re-election. I guess that's three years down the road, probably it, a little literally. I have to say it's it's very lovely um, now that we're about to get into you know campaign season again, not to be running for for office. Um, it's too early, but I will say that I absolutely love what I'm doing. I just, I love it. There are things that I'm really able to shift the needle on and I feel very lucky and I'm just very excited for the next three years. And then we'll see. <laughs> I always like to ask my guests if there's anything mm-hmm. that I, I haven't asked you or anything more that you, you know, that I missed that you want to raise any, any, anything at all that you want to raise or any, Thing that you want to, any message that you want to uh, deliver here to um, to your constituents, to the people of Bend. Oh boy, you know, um, I I just think that that there really truly are um, more things that we agree on than we disagree on, and I think in this, I'm including myself in this in this. You know, I think we all we all can do a better job of listening to each other, and oftentimes we dig in our heels or we immediately assume that that someone's fear, you know, it means that they're, you know, a bad person or this and that. And it's their legitimate fear. It's something that they fear. And, you know, a lot of the policy work that we do involves people's fears, right? That that things are going to change for the worse and then I hope that we all, and again, I'm including myself in this, you know, can really work together more um, in the upcoming years and try and find sort of solutions together. The most you know, amazing conversations that I've had and the most fulfilling conversations I've had with people are when we really sit down and say, like, let's talk about this and let's figure this out, rather than just communicating via social media with sort of barbs back and forth, you know, at each other. So I think we can all do better about that. Part of that is legacy of former president that is sort of left over, left over, you know, our entire country. And I think we need to, you know, really try to move on from that and, and work together. All right. Megan Perkins. Ben City Councilor, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Michael.